Welcome to CQ Blind Hams, your source for everything amateur-related, tutorials, radio reviews, and so much more. Come on in and stay a while. Welcome, everybody, to CQ Blind Hams' first amateur radio roundtable. My name is Joel. My call sign is W0CAS and located in East Tennessee. And today on the show, we have uh, our co-host, Russ, KN4MLR. Good morning, Russ. Good morning. Uh, uh, I guess you wanted me to take it from here. Uh, yeah, this is Russ, uh, KN4MLR. I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, uh, that's about uh, all I know to say at the moment. Um, I, I'm hoping, Joel, that this is going to kind of be a free, free format that uh, I know it, uh, it's being recorded, but uh, uh, with no scripts or anything. So I did a, uh, the subject today is antennas, as Joel said, and um, I certainly have had my fill of antennas that failed and mostly failed, but uh, uh, no, some of them work just fine. So with that, um, uh, we'll turn it over to Angelo. Well, uh... Antennas, how far back do you want to go? Let's see. I started out with a V&W uh, trap dipole, which worked fine. It was a little tricky to get up in the trees. The uh, traps were as big as beer cans. And uh, it worked fine. And uh, then I moved on to a uh, putting in a tower with a Cushcraft three-element beam, five elements on six meters, and 22 elements on two meters. And then I had to move, and I put up a... Uh, a ZEP uh, dipole basically fed with twin lead uh, 160 meters because we had a lot of property and that worked really super well. And now I'm down here in North Carolina. I had a vertical up for a few years, uh, butternut, which worked really good except the environment down here was so bad that it actually uh, corroded the antenna and the largest quail just fell off one day and it was repairable. So now I'm running an N-fed ZEP and it seems to be working when the band behaves itself. Let's see. Uh, well, Joel, you just put up an antenna. So what's new in yours? Oh, yeah. Angelo, we didn't uh, really formally introduce you. And I'm so sorry. Angelo, N2DYN. Uh, I think you're located over, over in North Carolina in the Outer Banks. So, wow, that's, that's what the environment you were referring to, I believe. Uh, yeah, the antenna I just put up was a uh, radio waves, uh, 40 to 10 off-center fed dipole and I bought a uh, easy up mast. It's a push-up mast. It's uh, 33 feet. Mounted it to a uh, six by six. It was uh, holding up my deck about 13 feet. We clamped it with uh, muffler clamps and a, uh, an F MFJ tip over uh, mast bracket. And then we run the uh, other end over to a oak tree about, that's about 35 feet in the air. So we're running about level 30, 30 to 35 feet uh, with the 80 to 10 meter off-center fed dipole and it works great. Uh, Radio Waves makes some good product. I had before for the last four years, uh, 80 to 10 meter Radio Waves off-center fed and uh, Lightning decided he wanted to give me a test and it cut, it, cut about 13 feet off of it and uh, kind of destroyed my 20 and 40 meter. Uh, Amazingly, 80 still works. I check into the 75 meter phone net every morning on that antenna, but 
anyway, that's about, that's about all I have because I've only been a ham for four years and I'm just learning and you guys are on here to help me and the rest of the uh, listeners to learn. So with that said, uh, we're going to pass it over to Bob, our guest, KLR, and you're up in Michigan, Bob. Tell us a little bit about your uh, ham radio career and the antennas you've uh, dealt with over the years. Have you, uh, can you guys copy my audio? Oh, you're, oh, yeah. you're fine. <clears throat> okay. Well, I'm Bob K8LR. I'm in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And I bet you I've been a ham longer than everybody else uh, in the group here. I've been ham since uh, 1961. <laughs> wow. So almost, almost 60 years, guys. <laughs> I got my license when I was 13. And um, I've had every every kind of antenna you could ever think of uh, from loading up my bed springs when I was a kid to loading up uh, downspouts on gutters to having a no CM dipole when I was in an apartment in college uh, made out of 26 gauge wire um, uh, off-center fed dipoles dipoles uh, verticals hung from trees <laughs> you name it <laughs> but I've enjoyed it and I even had a stepper antenna for a while, but I didn't like the stepper. It worked really well, but I kept blowing chicks, chips in the uh, controller from static electricity. So I, I eventually took that down, but it really worked well. The stepper beam is a, um, it's a, well, you can get a two or three element. You can even get a four element, I believe. And it's a, a, a rod inside of a, um, it's, a, it's a tape inside of a fiberglass tube that, uh, advances and contracts to match the frequency that you're on so the length of the antenna is always correct and that really worked well but um, uh, I think the dipole I, the, the antenna that I like the best is a dipole or I'm trying a new one now that I haven't put up yet called an n-fed half wave and I want to see how that compares to dipoles so I don't know who it goes to next um, Russ you want to pick it up okay sure. okay um, yeah I, I... I guess I'll go back and give a little bit of a history. I, I was licensed back in uh, the mid '80s as KB4FOL, and um, actually I, I started out with a fan dipole for a few years, and then went to a beam. I had a 30-foot beam uh, with a a Mosley TA33JR. Did very well. And then we moved and uh, I put a 20 meter dipole up in the attic. That went extremely well. Um, I was surprised at the performance of it. Then, um, well, after adopting my first daughter or my only daughter, um, the shack got turned into a nursery. And about a year later, I lost my vision and I kind of dropped out of the hobby for about 14 years or so. And so a couple of years ago, I relicensed and put up a, another 20 meter dipole in the attic. And uh, between then and now, uh, we had a, a second floor HVAC installed and there's just um, duct work is just running all over the place up there. So it's not doing very well. Uh, I've got an NFED on order, should be in any day and um, see how that works. That'll go outside. That'll be my first outside antenna in about 20 years. And then uh, I just built a, uh, a two meter 
double bazooka antenna. Just finished it up last night. Anxious to turn uh, to uh, hook it up and see how it works. But uh, that uh, that is my uh, I guess my resume as a ham uh, since the mid '80s. And um, well, with that, I let's Joel. Do you want to take it up next, or I don't yeah. know what rotation is here. Oh, that's fine. This is kind of a impromptu get together. We just want to test the waters and see if there's any interest in doing this. And I thought antennas is an easy subject. We all like antennas and uh, the thought of them and building of them. And and me being new, uh, you know, I'm just getting my feet wet. You know, the only two HF antennas I've had is the uh, off-center fed dipoles. I do have a vertical uh, tri uh, three band vertical. I think it's made by Comet. It's a two meter, 70 centimeter, and a six meter that I, that I used to uh, have connected to the TS2000. And I, well, right now I still have it connected to a uh, uh, TMV71A, but all I use is, I guess, just the two meter portion of it now. It's kind of wasted, but it, it's there and it's a very good antenna for, for two meters. Uh, we get uh, repeaters all the way up to Knoxville. Uh, on that antenna. It's about 33 feet on another one of those uh, easy up push-up masks. But uh, Bob, uh, I want to pass it back to you. Uh, you said you, you've got the uh, NFED. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about it and where it, who's the manufacturer and uh, what, what uh, frequency it's going to be designed for. Okay. Uh, can you copy me? Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Um, cause there's, I'm not pushing any buttons, so I don't know if I'm connected all the time or just when you let me in. Um, but anyway, oh, you're, live. you're live all the time. Yeah. I'm unless you, unless you, Bob, unless you physically mute yourself, you're fine. <clears throat> okay. All right. Um, the NFED antenna is basically a, it has a 49 to one ballon at one end of it, which, and it came from a company called my antennas. And what that is, 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 um, it, it'll match a 3000 ohm impedance at the resonant frequency. So instead of running, what a lot of people do is they run like a, a non-standard uh, or non-resonant and uh, a piece of wire that's usually longer than the lowest frequency they want to run. And what happens is if it's non, if it's non-resonant, it'll be at a lower impedance, maybe 400, maybe 500 ohms. And you can, you can match that with a, with a, uh, a ballon, um, you know, and, um, or an onion that's a four to one or an eight to one on it, you can, you can match that pretty well. But if you want to match a resonant antenna, you have to have a very high impedance. And so this is supposed to work 80 through 10 meters. Uh, it will not, it will not work 60 meters because it doesn't match the you know, harmonic of, of what the wire is. So it can't work 60 meters, but it works all the other ones. And I'm really anxious to see how it works. I just got it. I, I'd want to give it a try. I'm going to run it as a slight sloper from the top of my tower at the feed end to uh, to a tree at the far end of my yard. So I, I it's 130 feet of wire because it is halfway. I don't want to give it a try. I haven't done it yet, but it should be a low noise antenna. I'm anxious to give it a try. And um, uh, you know, antennas are a lot of fun because you can you can make anything into an antenna. I even tried when I was, uh, we just got my license. I even loaded up a wet string soaked in salt water. It worked for about 10 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Go ahead, Russ. <laughs> okay. I haven't heard of that one yet, Bob. <laughs> but, uh, well, coincidentally, um, I have the 
the little sister version of what you ordered, uh, albeit it's from a different uh, company. I have the uh, 40 through 10 version coming in of the NFED. This is from a company called Ultimax. They're in Ocala, Florida. And it's, it sounds like it's identical. Uh, they do make a, an 80 through 10 version, but I didn't have the, uh, the, the backyard for that. Um, this one's about 63 feet in length. That's and what good. I plan to do is mount it on the top of my, or close to the top of my chimney on the back side of the chimney and then run it straight back into the backyard and um, uh, to a, uh, a pole, which will be just top rail, about 14 or 15 feet off the ground. So um, that was the, uh, <laughs> it, it, it took a lot of different uh, attempts at different antennas as far as just describing them to uh, my wife, Laura, before this one was accepted. So uh, this one has to work. <laughs> if it doesn't, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll go, I'll go back to tuning up the bed springs. Maybe I'll try that. But um, uh, I, I'm too I'm very anxious to see how this is going to work. And uh, anything is going to be better than the, the half-wave yeah, half dipole that I have in the attic right now, because as I said, the, the duct work is, 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 there's no, no, no matter which way you try to run the legs of the dipole, you run into this metalized tubing that they use for ducts nowadays. And so uh, it's just very frustrating. And then uh, <laughs> trying to talk my son into going up into the attic and making adjustments. So hopefully this will be a Put it up and uh, put it up and leave it. I mean, if I have to trim it, it'll be trimmable because I, I want to put a pulley on the end of the antenna to a rope and so that I can lower it myself and make any adjustments I need to make. So, and then I said, as I said earlier, I uh, just built a half wave uh, two meter double bazooka, which is made entirely out of coax. And um, it's a, it, all in all, it's a fairly easy antenna to build. I haven't figured out exactly how I want to mount it. Um, they call for using half inch uh, PVC to, to, to uh, snake it up inside the, uh, the PVC. And I, of course, <laughs> don't have any of that laying around. So I do have a, a, a large dowel rod that I think I'll just strap to it just to try it out. And, and see how it works. But um, unfortunately, I don't have a VHF SWR meter to, to tune it. So I'm going to just have to fly blind, so to speak, and hope for the best on that one. But it, this, this one was just a, an experiment just to try and build one. And uh, I, so, so far, it, you know, it, uh, it turned out, it, well, at least physically, it turned out, it turned out well. I don't know. <laughs> How it's going to work with the radio. It will, uh, hopefully, it won't blow out the finals on it. So tell, tell us about rate. how you how you uh, constructed it uh, about the braid and all. Uh, I don't believe you mentioned that yet. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to go into that, but uh, sure. Um, basically, as I said, it's all um, coax, and um, I'm just going to use round numbers here. Uh, to explain the various lengths of it. But a half meter 
um, two meter antenna is obviously one meter in length. And this is what it works out to. Now, it's very untraditional from that point on. Uh, and I'm gonna convert, I'm gonna jump to using centimeters because it just works out better with metrics. But uh, what, what you do in, in, for this particular frequency, I, I uh, calculated for 147, we'll just say 147 megahertz. But you strip back 60 centimeters of the, the jacket, which exposes 60 centimeters of braid and the center conductor. And then the braid is folded back over the jacket of the coax. And so initially you would think, well, that's 60 centimeters of braid coming back, but um, it works out because the diameter of the, of the coax of the outer jacket, or actually the circumference, is much larger than the uh, circumference of the uh, dielectric you don't use up all 60 centimeters. You use up about 47 centimeters of it. And then that's trimmed to 40 centimeters. So if you take 40 centimeters and 60 centimeters, there's your 100 centimeters, which is one meter. So that, that gives you the full length of the, um, of the antenna. Interestingly enough, and I can't, still can't figure out why they determine that where the uh, outer, where the braid starts to fold back, that is referred to as the feed point. Now, where you actually feed it is beyond the, the braid where it's folded back. So really, you could use the entire length of your coax, your feed line, running from your transmitter on up to the antenna with no connections. There's not a per se, you don't need a, a connection for it. It can just be one long piece of coax with this double bazooka <laughs> configuration at the end of it. So um, the, the, the trick, there's two tricks to it. One is stripping off 60 centimeters of, of uh, jacket, which is uh, without nicking the, the braid up too much. And then the other one is folding back the, the braid, which it took several attempts before I figured out the technique of how to how to actually fold it back over itself and the the outer jacket and smooth it all out and so that uh, I I accomplished it <laughs> and I, and I, after I trimmed it to 40 centimeters then I put a a piece of uh, heat shrink over it to keep the ends from fraying and keep you from getting stuck up but you know with with braid you know how braid can so what do you have a uh, metric tape measure. Yes. The formula that I use was for centimeters. And ah. I do have a talking metric tape measure. Well, it goes anyway. It goes uh, standard to oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. metric to, well, that's, those are the, basically the two. So You know, the reason why they call that, that point the feed line is if you picture in your mind a dipole and your, your coax going up to the point where the uh, leg split off, that's why they're calling it the feed line because it actually, from that point, Electrically, it doesn't look like the feed line anymore at that point. It looks like a dipole. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that's right. I mean, because really the double bazooka 
is a dipole antenna that's made entirely out of, of coax. And this was just a variant of it. This becomes more of a, ver of a, uh, a vertical version of it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, this, the, the feeding, I mean, folding back the, the, the uh, braid and everything would be totally impractical for a, let's say a 20 meter version. Of it. <laughs> so this so only really works, works well. The one that the, <laughs> the, the, the approach that I took uh, this particular design works, you know, reasonably well for uh, two meters and up. But uh, after that, the, uh, it, it would be a pretty tough antenna to try to, uh, you know, to try to put up or whatever. So um, my next step is I'm like, as I said, I'm just going to strap it to a, to a dowel rod just to keep it all straight and connect it to see just uh, how it works. If it does, then I'll go out and get a piece of, uh, of um, uh, PVC and snake it up in there and seal it up. And Do you and have a uh, digital talking multimeter? Yes. So you should be able to measure the impedance of that thing right at the coax connector going to the radio. Okay. To see how uh, close to 50 ohms it is. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, with imp I, mean, I didn't know that you could measure impedance with a digital voltmeter. I mean, I thought there was just resistance. Uh, you may, clear, you may, may uh, educate me on that one there, Bob. Some That's meters will measure reactance, but it's very misleading because the, the reactance depends on the frequency. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, Russ, did you ever try a balanced? Now, it sounds like your, your vertical that you're making is not balanced. In other words, you have more center conductor than you do braid. Um, I made one once where the braid was as long as the center conductor, but of course you folded it back over. I made it so that the braid was 19 inches and the center conductor was 19 inches and that really worked well. Well, uh, you're probably asking a question that's a little above my pay grade. Pay grade. Uh, uh, honestly, um, I, I, I can't. Well, that's kind of what you did, didn't you? Know, the air exposed feed line is the same length as your braid, isn't it? Well, initially, yeah, I mean, initially it was. Uh, but the only reason. You, actually, you have to actually make, the, make it longer and then cut the center conductor yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, that's what you would have to do because, again, when you, the process of folding it back, you use up a lot of the braid length just on the additional diameter of the uh, feed line. So well, it sounds like it's mimicking an off-center dipole. Could very well be. Um, they were tried though. it yet at all, Russ? I'm sorry? Have you tried it? No, I, I just finished it up last night, and um, um, I've, I've got it rolled up down in the basement. I'm gonna, as I said, I'm gonna attach it to a dowel rod to to straighten it all out. Because you can, these things were designed. I mean, with some of the articles read, you know, you can roll them up and put them in a backpack, and then uh, tie an end to the to the end of the the uh, conductor. Uh, tie a string to it and throw it over a tree or something like that, a tree limb to stretch it out that way. So it's, um, uh, but you know, it's right now it's, it's, it's very flexible. It's a, it's, it's just all rolled up, but uh, uh, later today, I'd, I'd like to give it a shot and see, uh, see how it works. So you could even tape the end of it to a, to a, to a window and let it just hang down. 
I've heard people doing that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Some people have taken the, the O connector or the circle connector, the crimp on type connectors, and they'll crimp it on to the end of the antenna. Not, not so that it makes it longer, but so the, the length of the antenna stays the same. Trim off the excess and use that ring to attach to just about anything to you know pull it up and hang it somewhere but uh um i don't have any trees around so i don't <laughs> no so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna like i said uh yeah and if you hang it from your drapery rod your wife would probably give you a big one <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, yeah russ and i come up with it right in the middle of a window that's that's the best place to put it russ yeah. right in the middle of the window He's got to remember that spousal appeal. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the WHOA is. Yeah, there you go. The Waff House Owners Association. That's that's what we come up with. Yeah, I'm trying to get a I'm trying to get a, a flagpole antenna approved by the WHOA here, because TN07.com makes a uh, flagpole antenna, and it's it comes with a flag. Oops, sorry about that. <laughs> it comes with a flag and. Uh, I thought, oh, wow, well, that would be kind of cool. Put it in a flagpole. There you go. Yep, flower bed and uh, everything. I said, tell my wife, I said, you can put a flower bed out there and we'll put the flag up and put a light on it, shine a little light on it at night, and, and it'll have me a 80 meter vertical. <laughs> wow, 80 meters. That's so got to be pretty long. Uh, yeah, I think, well, <laughs> it's got some kind of matching unit, kind of like, uh, kind of probably like a, uh, uh, what is it, a nine-to-one unun at the bottom of it. Uh, they said they've got a patented, uh, you guys might want to look at that, TN07.com. They invented another antenna that you can hang from a, front, from a porch, and it's a piece of cloth. It's eight foot by eight foot, and it's got a 80-meter uh, antenna woven in the fabric with a uh, uh, SO239 to connect a piece of coax to. <laughs> and uh, it's really good for HOAs, uh, but it's expensive. That's about a $500 antenna. The wow. flagpoles aren't very much. They're only like 159 to 229 I think there's three different models of it. And uh, no tuner required, it said. So I'm assuming it's basically an in-fed half wave or a quarter wave. What's uh, the name of that company again, Joel? It's TN, like Tennessee, 07.com, TN. 07.com okay and 07 uh it's a o number o okay tmo tno7 yes yep yep gotcha. tno7.com and they're located over oh just past nashville for me i've talked to them on the phone uh i was asking about that hoa antenna they have in feds and uh different kinds of antennas but uh uh, I really want one of those verticals because I like to do a lot of DX and uh, verticals are great for uh, a low rate, low angle of radiation, you know, five to eight degrees off the horizon. You guys are going to hear my cuckoo clock. <laughs> I like the echo. <laughs> yeah. Does it use a counterpoise there, Joel? Uh, yeah, I think it uses radials, but I'm not sure. I'd have to, I'd have to, uh, look it up. It's been a while since I looked it up. You know, I got radials, a feeling these radials. Radials have always 
seemed to cause people problem when I was on Long Island. I put up a vertical with radials, and what I did was I I got one of those edges you walk around with, uh, not the motorized one. But I what I did is I edged a trench in the ground, laid the wire in, and had somebody walk over it behind me to close the trench right up, and nobody ever knew the radials were there. Oh, that's great. I've always thought, you know, the hardware cloth. You guys ever heard of hardware cloth? It's oh, basically yes. like chicken wire, but with real small yeah. squares. Mm -hmm. And I always wondered if you laid about four pieces of that stuff out running in different directions and you attached the wire to it, would that be enough ground plane to, uh, to work like radials? Or do you think since the wires are connected, it wouldn't work very well? I just wonder what you guys think about that. People have about used that and it works just fine, although radials will work just as well. I'll tell you what, I was a guy in New Jersey who was living in a condominium with a balcony and he bought a bunch of that cloth and he made himself, of all things, a helically wound antenna for 160 meters, laid this cloth on the balcony and grounded it and it did get out. I mean, actually what it is is a 160 meter rubber duck with a ground plane. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. it actually worked? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing what you can do, you know, making antennas. Uh, Josh over at the uh, ham radio crash course, uh, he got, got the sling tenna. It's a, it's a slinky and uh, string it up with some power cord and uh, hooked it up and made some contacts with it. He also used Christmas lights and run them from the, a pole out in his yard back to his shack. And as he made, as he transmitted, the lights would come on <laughs> and it was pretty cool. They would come on as he, it, you could see it go. I mean, if you could see it would just light up one and the next one and the next one and the next one. And that, I thought that, that uh, this man, he wouldn't try anything. He even got on his roof, uh, but when his wife wasn't at home, cause he didn't want to have to get approval and took two lawn chairs, two. Oh yeah, uh, I heard that series. And connected them at a dipole at a lawn chair. I mean, this this guy will try anything. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, that's that's a if anybody looking for a good ham radio YouTube channel other than CQ Blind Hams, of course. Uh, Josh over <laughs> Ham Radio Crash Course does. Yeah, a he does job. a nice job. Well, you know, the only the only thing I didn't like about Christmas lights because I always used to put them on my tower is they, even though they were LEDs later on, they still would flash and then you hear this click, 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 click in static all the time, you know, because we're close to your antennas up on the top of the tower. That's the only thing I didn't like. Did you put a, did you connect the coax to them and try to transmit with them? No, no, I never did that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Josh did, he did the FT8 on, uh, on Christmas lots one night. And you know, you, you, you get the right situation. You can, you can load up anything. When I was in Levittown one night, about two in the morning, I decided I wanted to try 160 meters out. And of course, I didn't have a 160 meter antenna. And I got this bright idea to load up the telephone line. And it worked great, you know, because the lines were out on poles outside houses and down the street. And it got out great, and then it dawned on me later on, man, if somebody had gotten up and picked up their telephone, God knows what would have happened. <laughs> You'd have a party line for sure then, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, man. Or if somebody tried to call you, then you get the voltage coming through the yeah through the phone Well, line. I was using a Johnson matchbox, boy. Those things are tough. 
Bob, you well, probably remember the Johnson Matchbox. Oh, I had one. I had a Johnson 200-watt Matchbox. Yeah, I, I think it was called 175-watt Matchbox. Yep. Yeah, I've got one up on the shelf there, but I've got a, one of those LDG auto-tuners, too. I'd, I like, I'd rather not now. use a tuner, though, if I can. <clears throat> Better if you don't have to use a tuner, actually, because the tuner uses up energy. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, the tuners, tuners is sort of a misnomer. Uh, everybody thinks, or not everybody, but a lot of the new guys, and I thought this the same way when I first came into the hobby, I'll get a tuner and uh, tune up my antenna. It didn't do anything to your antenna. You know, it just kind of makes your radio happy with what you do have. That's yeah, they really ought to rename it a radio fooler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. If you run open wire feeders, though, or ladder line feeders to your dipole, a tuner really does some fantastic things because it actually can add and subtract feeder length as you tune the, the tuner. Yes. So, you know, you're actually adding the feed line into the system to make the impedance match. And you have very little loss when you use open wire feeders. Right, because it's matched feeders. <laughs> you know, and I also heard uh, people would take a uh, ladder line and cut it and make an antenna out of it, sort of like what Russ was doing with Kovacs and you know basically you could take it and just cut it and fold you know take one leg of the and run one way and run one leg the other way and uh you know that that works as an can work as an antenna also well there's so a lot of companies that sell these j-pole antennas what they are is just yeah. twin lead with a coax yep. connector at one end and Are cut you? off different links yes. uh, well no what they do is a certain distance from the bottom of the uh the feet on one side, they cut a notch. And so um, everything above that cut just sits there. Well, it does short out, so, but it works good. And you could do it with a 450 ohm ladder line. Yes. Yeah, I'd like to try that for a yeah, 20 meter J pole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I never tried that one. I've made it for six. I've never tried it either. I think I've, I've done six and 10 meter ones and they work fine. They make the J poles with, with uh, copper, copper tubing also, don't they? Yeah, and that's where they actually got the idea. And there are guys selling those on the web, you know, cause who wants to sweat copper tubing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Anyway, I don't know how long we've been going guys. Uh, a little over half an hour. A little half an hour, so. Uh, we'll pass it back around. I'll go back to Bob. You, uh, you got anything else that, uh, any other antenna projects you, you might want to try in the future or, uh, uh well, I was just going to say, if you want to try a new antenna, don't let anything stop you. Try it, try it. Just don't ruin your rig by running a high SWR on the antenna and blowing a final. Let's be careful, <laughs> but try anything. It's worth a shot. I guess the key Bob would be to try on low power first. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think with this double bazooka, I'm, first off, I mean, I'll kick it at the low power, but I just want to see if it'll receive reasonably well. Of course, any wire will, you know, will do a reasonable job at reception. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good idea to toe into it rather than <laughs> turning it up all the way and see what happens. But well, it's a $70 uh, GD77S, uh, at least I won't be uh, out too much. 
but no, that is a uh, that is a good idea. You could actually run that one on high, but there's a circuit in there and it'll just pull it back anyway. Well, okay, yeah, yeah. I know my Kenwood. Uh, yeah, my a lot of TS modern radios. Yeah, my 440 will cut back uh, very quickly and very hard too. I mean it it uh, it cuts it back to about a watt or so. Oh yeah, I'm really out of whack. It's, and so, yeah. Well, you know, you think these HTs are using these rubber ducts, you might as well put a resistor on it. Yeah. Yep. Um, they actually sell those little connectors, the, the SMA connectors with, with a resistor in them for dummy loads. It's really kind of for the round <laughs> I've seen them put, uh, uh, like they call it rat tail. They connect uh, uh, a little piece of wire to the shield and let it drop out, you know, hang, let it hang down. Oh, yeah, on yeah. A two meter antenna. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I, it's kind of like a counterpoise hanging down from a, from a, yeah, and some guys will, probably looks funny though. Yeah. And some guys will put a pigtail, a rat tail like that on a screw of the radio itself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so you could do either way, but, but, uh, they sell an antenna that has a connector to do that too. I can't think of who it was. Uh, have any of you guys ever bought uh, uh, the little antenna that that folds up? It's kind of it's where you tighten a knot. Uh, forget the name of it. Uh, the guy that does hamstudy.org sells them for twenty bucks. You can get them for HTs, uh, SMA, or reverse SMA. Uh, I cannot remember the name of it. I should, but it's a real skinny wire and it's really stiff, and you can just if you want to take it and put it in, you know, wall it up, put it in your coat pocket or whatever, but it's, it's almost 20 inches long. I don't know why it's a little bit long, but uh, it works really great. I've, I've used it on bow things uh, before and it's, uh, oh, I recommend them. And a lot of people have tested those antenna and uh, really get uh, good results over stock, you know, bow fang or Kenwood or, or ocean antennas. But, is that just good on two meters, or is it, does it work on four forty also? Yeah, it's a dual band antenna. It, it, it you can, yeah, you can get them for dual band uh, for both of them. It's the wire is, is like I said, it's it's small, but it's stiff, and it'll just pop right back in place. You tie it up, and <laughs> it pops right back in place. Uh, How long is it? Do you know? It's about twenty inches long. It's a little bit longer than uh, than a quarter wave. Uh, <clears throat> next would next next show and speaking of the shows uh we're gonna try to do this show about once a month uh, with a new topic and uh we find somebody that's got uh has got some expertise in that certain area then we'll bring them on uh i haven't come up with a topic for next show but uh you know we need to get ky2d see if we can get him on one of these to talk about that hex beam of his oh yeah yeah ky2d uh he's got i've heard of those that's 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 a great antenna hex beam I, I really wanted one so bad but the budget just wasn't calling for a tower and a bunch of concrete and rotators and uh, everything it yeah takes what is it um the guy from ham uh ham radio crash course he's going to put one on his roof yeah josh did he put a gosh he's yeah. the right he's the radio waves version i believe hex beam and he put a little piece of tower right up on the ridge of his roof it's like a tripod yeah they have they sell uh tripods to do that i know um roan has one that's pretty nice uh, 
it mounts right up on the roof. Yeah. And, uh, and they have it in two versions, a flat mount or a peak mount. Oh, well, yeah. That would work. Yeah. If you can get it by the WHOA. I think Josh did his before his wife came home. And, uh, <laughs> she, she, she looked up and seen, seen a big eight-foot antenna on top of her roof. So what in the world is that? It's always it's always easier to apologize than to explain. I'll tell you what, though. She's a good sport. <laughs> she is. She does. She's on the podcast. He's got a podcast, yep. uh, Amarillo Crash Course Podcast, and she's his co-host. Yep. Uh, I think she's in the chat room all the time. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. Well, see, Bob doesn't need that. He's got his tower up there, so. Yeah, I yeah. use my tower. So do you have a beam up too, Bob? Not now, but I will have. And it's funny, uh, Russ and I had the same antenna, the TA-33 Junior, but that thing really got out. It did. That works well. I had one yeah. of those years ago. Yep. Is it, is it light, pretty lightweight? Uh, um. It's only twenty pounds. I yeah, think. it's yeah, not, not very heavy at all. Yeah, it's a it's a oh three element beam, and uh, so yeah, I mean yeah, uh, I mean I, I we had a friend down the road who who had a TH six DX, and uh, I helped him put it up because you know I was climbing the towers with the guys, and we get this thing up, we get ready to clamp it down, and he has to lower it because they forgot to put the damper ropes in the elements. <laughs> So I stayed up there. I wasn't going to climb up again. And they go, and, but we got it up, and but boy, that's a heavy antenna. And that I don't think that he did much pounds, worse than my. Yeah, I think uh, they're close to 60, 80 pounds. But, but you could stand <clears throat> on, literally stand on the boom of that thing once you clamped it down. And I, you know, it's not the smartest thing in the world to do, but if you're mounting antennas <laughs> above it, you don't have another choice. And of course, you wear a climbing belt, but. I don't think that he got out much better than I did with my uh, Mosley. In fact, I worked Korea one night and he couldn't hit it. Oh wow, Mosley is that? Is that wasn't your vertical, was it? I'm like I said, I'm pretty new in these ends. Yeah, no, that, that's a oh, there was a three element beam, and of course now they have it with a forty meter attachment. Yeah, the wow. vertical was a button up, but they are man, they're expensive. They are. And uh, Step Hour makes a vertical. Dave Castler uh, bought one, and I think he said it was about $2,500 antenna. And it's got the tape that goes up in the in the fiberglass tube. So That's a stepper it, vertical. Yeah, Step Hour stepper vertical. Yeah, I think he got it for around $2,000. But I'll tell you, that flagpole antenna, though, really sounds neat. It does. It does. It uh, For like 200 bucks or less. Uh, there's three versions of it, so it'd be worth checking out. You know, and, and uh, we can't forget about the DX Commander, uh, Cal over in the UK. Oh, he builds those uh, what all band verticals, and uh, seems like they're only like 150, 200 bucks, also. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard him, Bob, but he his um, the theory behind his it's like a fan dipole but a vertical. Uh huh. So he uses these uh, telescoping fiberglass mast to hold it up and well i guess you can mount him in the tree but he's he's got the mast stuff and uh it's a clever idea the guy he's always coming out with new ideas what is a different mass for different frequencies he has them all in parallel yeah i don't know joel you've seen me he's got yeah what he does he has rings different rings that goes around the, the mass oh, gotcha. and he runs then he's got a plate at the bottom <laughs> 
and he'll run a, a 20 meter wire up and tie it off with bungee cord, whether he calls it dongy dongy or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> dongy it's basically a uh, cord that stretches. And then he'll run another one, like a 15 meter one up on the other side and tie it off. And he's got like a, what does he have? A seven meter mast, what's that? 20, 20 some odd feet. I think he's got a 18 meter mast he sells also. What's that? Can you imagine a mast that's that tall? You, I mean, you have to guy it two or three yeah, times. Yeah, to guy that one. There's one that's like 50 feet. You know, the thing that worries me, a 50-foot fiberglass mast. That'll snap. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'd say it, that's a little... Gigaparts has this one now. It's carbon fiber, but, it, you know, it's still... It's still flexible at the top. Yeah, it'd be... I think the, the mast you have, Joel, ain't going nowhere. Well, it had a little lean to it because when I put the, you know, that thing had uh, a ballon and it pulled it over about three or four feet. So we fortunately had a tree about 20 feet behind it. And we tied some power cord from the top of that mass over to that tree and it's straight as an hour now. But it's pretty heavy duty. Uh, it, gets, it gets down to like an inch and a quarter at the top. You know, the top piece is inch and a quarter and the bottom piece is I think two and a half inches or two and a quarter inches. And 33 feet. Now, Roan makes one called a H50. It's 41 feet tall. Uh, and I almost bought it. But the thing is, when you buy from Amazon a 50-footer, it has to be shipped by truck freight. And the shipping was more than the, the mast was. So I got the 33 feet from Amazon for free shipping. It was $285, but it was free shipping. So... You know, if I'd have got the Roan 41 foot, <laughs> it would have cost me $500. I, wow. I said, I'd get a tower wow. for that. <laughs> you got that right. Man, oh, man. But it, she works pretty good. Uh, I just want to let everybody know that uh, I won something for the first time in my, my career. <laughs> in my, Congratulations. I, I won. A, I entered jo uh, Jason. Uh, Jason at Ham Radio 2.0 was having a giveaway of four radios and some antennas for his fifth anniversary on YouTube. And uh, I got drawn to win a, uh, a, a Baofeng, not a Baofeng, oh, excuse me, jo uh, Jason, it's a, uh, What's a radiotity? radiotity dual band HT. And uh, it's supposedly in the mail from China. I'm looking forward to that. It programs uh, via uh, Bluetooth with your cell phone. Uh, and Angelo, uh, you have a mobile radio, I believe you just received, that programs via Bluetooth. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I was, I'll get ready to do a demo later on today. I was actually involved in a uh, concert all week that we did for the Arts Council. Yesterday we did a live stream concert for them for about an hour it was just me and you know my wife did the video for me so so i we got this thing it's the vrn 7500 and uh it's programmed by either your cell phone or your tablet if you have android auto in your car you could use that so basically all you get on the front of the radio is one button to turn it on and to pair it and then everything else works through your uh, Android or Apple device. The uh, other, the 
interesting thing about it is too, the microphone does have some controls. You can control the volume and the channels and that's it. If you're not having the radio in and you're programmed it already, it will speak the channel numbers. But if you have it, when you have it connected, if you change channels on the microphone, you can hear the phone saying, oh, uh, the frequency and what you've named it as and, you know, whether your uh, PL's on or not. So it's, it's a pretty interesting radio and I'm still, it's got a lot of features. And so I figured I'd do more than one as I do the basic demo. The first one is uh, I'll do some programming so people can see, you know, exactly the feedback. There are some buttons that I have to find out what they are and label them. Uh, but there are very few, I think maybe three or four. Uh, but everything else, I mean, it doesn't affect you from using the radio. Uh, you can change power. You can, uh, it does have uh GPRS in a map situation. I don't know how useful that's going to be. They do do use Google Maps as the interface, so there may be some possibilities. But you know, how many of us are using GPRS? <laughs> um, you know, unless you're out in the field doing stuff and somebody's tracking you or you're sending messages via GPRS, but you can use WinLink and do that. I mean, there's certainly other ways to get around that if you want. But uh, yeah, we'll get the demo up there and see. Um, and as I learn new features of the radio, you know, we'll pass them on, do more demos. There is some kind of a networking radio that you can do with this thing. And I haven't quite figured out what it is yet. I just finally found a copy of the manual because they give you a brief uh, manual. It's uh, basically, it's one page, two-sided. And I scan that in and it basically gets you running if you, but uh, some so of It's a dual band analog mobile. 50 watt radio. Yeah, 50 on um, two meters and 40 on UHF. Yeah, you, you, we were, we were talking, uh, you were on uh, All Star uh, the other day when you first got it connected, and then it sounded really, really good. Did you get the Bluetooth microphone? No, I was using the, uh, the plug in mic. And uh, I did try it the other day with, um, yesterday with the, um, the push button to talk button on the phone when I was downstairs and it, that seems to work fine. What I'm thinking of getting is a, a pair of uh, wireless bud Bluetooth earbuds. And uh, so then when I'm in the car, you know, if I use it, if I put it in the car and use it there, then I won't disturb my wife who's usually on the phone or listening to something, you know, yeah. so that, that would be a good deal. I haven't decided which one. I don't have a lot of experience with those earbuds, but. Apparently, Man, the price is good. It's what one fifty nine for the radio. Yeah, yep. And I got it from R and L. All other places seem to be selling it. You know, Gigaparts had it, but I, they were going to charge a tax, and it was like twenty bucks more in tax. And I also have a history with R and L. I bought um, my Icon from them years ago, and so I know a few of the people there. But it's it's a nice radio. It's very well solid radio. The thing is. Um, got a heatsink the size of the radio on the bottom and there is a fan on the back i must say the fan is um if fan noise bother you it is a little noisy it doesn't come over with the transmissions and all the mic doesn't pick it up but when you're sitting in the shack talking you can hear it going but uh all in all though it's a really good radio jason uh did an excellent review of it and um I think Eric, too, Ham Radio Concepts, did a review of it. He did two reviews of it, and it was pretty nice. 
Uh, seems like guy. a seems like a solid radio, and, and, it, and uh, it looks like that's the way that manufacturers are heading uh, Bluetooth programming uh, on phones. Uh, there's another radio that does that, and I can't remember what it is, but yeah, we'll find out when I get the radiology and see how it is. I'm not even sure it has an iPhone app. Uh, well, you know, the thing is, you could get a, a a Fire tablet for what around fifty bucks. Oh I, yeah, I've got uh, I've got an old uh, Asus. Uh, yeah, Android it wouldn't tablet. take much to run this program. I mean, sounds good. Looking forward to hearing the uh, the the uh, demo of it. We'll put it up on CQ Blind Hams. So uh, anyway, uh, Russ, yeah, I'm going to pick up. Else? I'm going to pick up my mixer uh, later on, so that you can hear to try to equalize the stuff, so you can hear what's going on with the uh, phone and the audio and the radio. Oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, Russ, do you have anything else? You uh, you got any antenna projects you think <laughs> about trying in the future, or yeah, uh, just right waiting? for now. I, I think I got my plate full. When as soon as the my uh, NFED comes in, that'll that'll be a project. But uh, looking down the road a little bit, uh, you mentioned radiodity. Uh, I think it's a little early, though. But, but you know, the GD77 has this open GD7 77 uh, project, and uh, that is, looks like it is starting to really mature, and they're getting voices voice feedback is uh slowly coming on board with it and that might be a radio to look at because they've re completely rewritten the os for it um they being a group of programmers in australia so they've stripped out all the commercial functions and enhanced whatever uh amateur functions uh, that they could for this radio and the speech feedback is one thing that they're working on right now and they've got a little bit of it working that's still like i said it's still in its infancy but um down the road that, that'd be one joel to maybe you know if it really uh comes around then it uh it would be interesting to talk about because it uh that's a pretty solid radio too and uh, to have a speech feedback on it would be a, that'd be a killer radio. So other yeah. than that, no, I don't have anything. Uh, it's great talking to you guys. I, I think this is, uh, you could just Joel, do when are you do, uh, when are you doing your interview? Uh, Jason said after, after he gets this, uh, gets the uh, ham radio YouTubers bunch, uh, ham fest done this weekend, he's going to get with me first next week. But uh, yeah, Jay, Angelo, uh, my manager here, <laughs> has got me an interview to uh, do with Jason over at Ham Radio 2.0 and uh, talking about the, uh, the community, the Blind Hams community that we've got going on uh, with uh, you know, all the uh, things, the talk groups and the bridges and uh, you know, everything that we've got to uh, get us all together and the YouTube and, uh, and the podcast. So uh, we're going to be doing that next week. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, Russ, you're right about the uh, Open GD77. Roger Clark is uh, the leader of that group uh, over in Australia, and Ian Spencer from the uh, over at the Active Elements in the group in the UK sent out uh, 
email with uh, doing a demo of that uh, Open 77, and you could hear the talk. I don't know if you heard that or not, but I was going to try to get with Ian and let see when he gets done if he'll let me uh, upload that to the podcast. Uh, that'll be a great uh, demo, and it's it's rough, he said, but man, it's going to be good when that when that radio is converted over to uh, speech prompts. Uh, and give us another radio other than the 77S to uh, in the in the uh, Kenwood uh, TMV 74. Uh, but anyway, guys, uh, Bob, you got anything before we go? We're getting no, closer to an hour. Not really, but speech prompts to me don't mean that much because like the GD77, all it tells you is the channel you're on. Well, I know that. <laughs> well, this will tell the talk group and it'll tell the menus and everything will be spoken just like the, new, the, the open one. You mean? Yes. Yeah. The open 77. Yes. Yes. That'd be good. So they're working on it and they're, and they're, uh, they're really encouraged. It's encouraging. That we're going to have another radio that'll be available. Okay. Uh, Angelo, uh, what do you have for us before we go? Well, that's about it guys. You know, um, we'll definitely do this again and whenever you're ready, you know, whenever you need it, I'm willing to do it. Like I say, I have a pro account, so time limit isn't a factor. And um, you can get a pretty large group. You can put up to 100 people on it, so I don't <laughs> think we'll ever get that kind of a round. <laughs> You'd never get a word in. Yeah, that'd be a little hard. You'd be hands up going all over the place by then, and somebody would have to remember who would be next. So that'd be a rough one. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll expand. This is just the uh, initial uh, trial. Uh, roundtable we've been talking about it for a long time and uh, someday we'd like to do a, a just an interview show with uh, one one ham and get get uh, all the information and go through his career Eric Guth uh, like to you know steal his idea but basically that's what we'd be doing he does a, uh, a QSO today podcast and he interviews everybody he's interviewed Art Bell and Bob Heil and uh, he's interviewed a lot of the a lot of the uh, well-known uh, celebrities in amateur radio. And we're going to try to do that with all the celebrity blind hands we have. <laughs> it has an interesting story. So uh, look forward to maybe doing the interview uh, QSO show type podcast uh, later. But anyway, I just want to sign off and say 7-3 to everybody. I'd like to thank Bob and uh, Kate LR and Russ KN4MLR. And Angelo N2DYN for joining us today on our our uh, first uh, try at the roundtable. So seven three guys, and uh, have a good day. <laughs>